Next on BYU Sports Nation, the new year marks the midway point for BYU basketball, and the Cougars feel their season goals remain within reach. What it will take for BYU to finish in the top two of the WCC after an 0-2 start in the conference. Plus, Skylar Halford's quick rise to the spotlight, and we're all access with Pepperdine Basketball. Their associate head coach joins us live. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? Wednesday, January 8th, BYU Sports Nation back for more. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the pride of Copper Hills High School Athletics, Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Bring on the show starters. Numero uno. BYU football finishes 38th in the USA Today re-rank of all 125 Division I teams. Utah State, 37th after a bowl game win in the Poinsettia Bowl. Utah at number 75. Virginia, 106. Yikes. Listen to this. Teams like Middle Tennessee State, Louisiana Monroe, and Toledo all ahead of Utah, Jerem. Yeah. How, ha, does, ha, ha. how? How? BYU loses to Utah and Virginia, finishes 8-5. and five. How different is their season if they're 10-3? and three? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not over it. Again, USA Today re-ranking all 125 Division I programs. BYU 38th, Utah State 37, Utah number 75. Number two show starter. Eric Mika did not practice on Monday or Tuesday dealing with a hip injury. They called it a hip contusion or bruise on Saturday. Look, I'll be surprised if he doesn't play against Pepperdine on Thursday. One, he's a really tough kid. And two, he told me he'd be okay after Saturday night's game. I think Eric Mika's going to play. Maybe precautionary. You, you don't have a lot of post-step, so you have to have Eric Mika in there, especially against Pepperdine, which we'll talk about in a bit. But they have some good bigs. So Eric Mika is a huge part of that game on Thursday night. Number three, it's snowing a lot in Utah. <laughs> and BYU is hosting Pepperdine. I feel bad for the Pepperdine team. I don't feel bad for them at all. They're going to go home to Malibu. Oh, man, you have one little trip where you have some snow. But the one time that they travel, <laughs> they come in during the blizzard? Yeah, it's going to be a blizzard of threes and tremendous man-to-man defense, too. Crap. <laughs> it's a trap game for Pepperdine. It's a trap. <laughs> Get involved in our conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. Comment on our Facebook page and sound off on today's social media brain buster. That's what we're calling it now? Wow. Okay. Well, hey, we have the mics, right? What do you expect from Skylar Halford from this point forward? What, I've do, always, what do you think? I've always liked Skylar's game. From the moment I saw him play, Boom Shakalaka, three point contest. Champ. Did my first interview with him during media day. I, I've liked his demeanor, his tenacity. He plays with a lot of aggression. He plays hard all of the time. So what do you expect? I expect him to be BYU's, if not if he doesn't start, to be BYU's most productive bench score. I, I expect him to finish the season averaging at least 11 points a game. Because the light is very green for him right now. Now, I, now he's not going to have the game that he had against San Diego maybe again this season. He might not do that again. 28 points, that was amazing. 11 of 16 from the field. That's a lot of shots. But I expect him to put it up more. And guess who's going to benefit from this? A guy named Tyler Haas. 
because there's another shooter on the court. Somebody else to worry about. The premise of BYU's offense the last couple years was that BYU had a bunch of shooters. It changed to the dribble drive at the beginning of this year, but honestly, that's not the identity of this, this offense. We'll break that down a little bit more, but I expect Skylar Halford to finish with 11 points per game when the season's over. Right now, it's 8.3. Skylar Halford, what do you expect from the quickly rising star on this BYU basketball team from this point forward? Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation. You can also answer on our Facebook page. If you're new to the program, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYUradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980, our show on demand at BYUradio.org. You can also catch the rebroadcast weekdays, 7 Eastern, on BYU Radio. Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Number two is the new number one. Cougars on the run. Pause. Off the glass. And the foul. Dave Rose. I've seen Dave Rose this energetic throughout a ball game in a long, long time. He is sending a message to his troops, and, and BYU's responded. Dave McCann on the call, BYU-San Diego, big-time coming-out party for the Cougars, ending a four-game losing streak against the Toreros by 30-plus. Okay, at the midway point, is it time to adjust the expectations for this BYU team after an 0-2 start in West Coast Conference play? The team says, hey, our goals are still out there. We'll delve into that a little bit more in just a minute. But as fans and as prognosticators, do we have to adjust our expectations? Is it okay for BYU to finish number two? Is is that the new realistic goal for this team to still be considered as an at-large team in the NCAA tournament? That's what we're talking about today on BYU Sports Nation. I don't know that BYU is going to be able to put itself in an at-large position at the end of the regular season. I think that they, they need to win the conference tournament. That BYU lost the fir- two of the first three games in conference. That is not a good sign. But the, but the fact that BYU played so well against San Diego shows you what BYU can do. We've seen BYU play well earlier in the year, but BYU is a different team now. Skylar Halford is a part of the starting lineup. Matt Carlino is in a funk. Uh, Eric Mika and Nate Austin seem to be fouling out on a regular basis. So things, things are a little different. And Gonzaga is the champ. Gonzaga owns the WCC, and they need to be dethroned. I don't necessarily see BYU doing it. Now, if BYU does do that, hey, they're going to get into the NCAA tournament for sure if they win the regular season in the league. But I see, I see two as the, number, the new number one, meaning that the goal should be, hey, let's finish number two. We'd like to win the conference, but if we finish two, we're, we being the team, opposite of Gonzaga, you could meet them in the title game. That is the ideal scenario. So you're not saying it's impossible for BYU to win the conference. You're just saying it's highly unlikely. If you lost at LMU and Pepperdine, I don't think that you can honestly expect to win the conference. What if You need that, to make major changes. What if that was exactly what BYU needed to make those major changes, which is why Dave Rose made switches in the lineup? And, I'd love to see it. Okay, so you're telling me that if BYU finishes fifth, let's say they do something improbable. And they finished fifteen and three. They they finished the conference run with one more loss. And it was at Gonzaga. At Gonzaga, but they beat Gonzaga at home. They beat St. Mary's at home and on the road. And then they take care of business against the rest of the West Coast Conference. You're telling me that fifteen and three, 
BYU will not be considered for an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament? Of course tournament? they'll be considered. We're talking about whether they, will they get, get it. Would 15-3 and three in conference get BYU an at-large bid? So what, what was their record in non-conference again? I'm trying to remember. 8-5. and five. So they, they only have eight losses? Yeah, they're in at that point. They, so you're telling me BYU only loses one more in conference. I don't see that happening. I'm not saying... I see I, a couple. I didn't say that. I think BYU... I believe BYU will finish 14-4 and four in the conference. So only two more losses yes. in the final... So BYU is going to go 13-2 and two yes. in its final 15. Yes. That'd be tremendous. I think, uh, I think that'd be tremendous. I'm not sure that BYU has the post-depth to do it. Things need to change. Things need to change for that to happen. Things have changed. Starting well, it, with, it's been one game. Calm down. Starting with Skylar Halford. I'm just saying, 14-4, and four, I think if BYU finishes 14-4, and four, which I think they have a great shot of doing... The way the schedule's stacking up, they have two more home games this week to gain some momentum. I feel like at 14-4, and four, BYU gets an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Trust me, on the, I graduated from BYU, been a big fan of BYU since I was little. I try and beat the realistic drum on this show as much <laughs> as possible. And trust me, I don't wear glasses, but I have blue-colored contacts. Do you really? No. No, you don't. No. I, I'm trying to play realist where... I, I think it's a tough road ahead. And if BYU were to finish number two, I think that's fantastic. Skylar Halford told us on BYU Sports Nation the team goals are very much still intact this season, regardless of the slow start in conference play. For us uh, as a team, our goal is still, you know, we want, we're going to win this conference. And there's just things you can learn from these losses. And I think we're learning them and we're going to get a lot better as, as uh, WCC play continues. They learned something before San Diego, Saturday night, they showed what they can do. I tweeted at Doug Gottlieb, who is a notable ESPN college basketball analyst, columnist, radio show host, and I said, Dear Gottlieb Show, this is the BYU team that you enjoy watching. And he retweeted it. To, to his, his 174,000 followers. Or however many he has. And then I He's st- on CBS now, by the way. Then I started to feel, that's right, then I started to feel the wrath. Because he tweeted, like, all these people are coming at me like, you're, you're bragging about beating San Diego? Beat a real team. Naturally, those are from Gonzaga fans. Uh, no, look, B- no, BYU played better. Yes. And Gottlieb knows they can play. He knows they have talent. He knows that they can hang with some of the best teams in the country. ESPN released their power rankings yesterday. Do you know who was in the top 15? Iowa State, Wichita State. Iowa State, who beat Baylor last night, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Massachusetts is number 18 in their power rankings. BYU has played a really, really tough, strong schedule. Their goals are still intact for the season despite an 0-2 start. Pepperdine is game 17 of 31 in the regular season. Topic 2. Halford versus Carlino or Carlino versus Collinsworth. Halford for three. Skyler Halford finished the game against San Diego with 28. A lot of people are looking into this lineup adjustment that Dave Rose made and thinking, well, are there rivalries forming within this team? And I don't see it that way at all. I see when Skyler Halford starts over Matt Carlino, I don't think Matt and Skyler are competing against each other because Skyler is a two and Matt is a one. It's, it, it's an entire shift. So I don't think that there is any animosity right there. Oh, no, no, no. Not animosity. Just what's the matchup? Carlino was being played as the two. And he didn't like it. 
He said it. He, he w- said, I want to go back to point guard. That's what he I am. He doesn't like it because he wasn't playing well as it. And so they put in Halford, who is a two guard, naturally, comes off the screen, shoots threes. He's, he's not a point guard by nature. So really, it's the fact that Dave Rose is starting Kyle Collinsworth over Matt Carlino, opting for the big rebounding point guard that creates matchup problems. Ball doesn't get moved up the court as quickly as when Carlino was on the floor with Kyle Collinsworth. But there are different things, and I don't, I don't think it matters who starts as long as it's a winning formula for Dave Rose, and that's what trumps all. It always will. Yeah, and Kyle Collinsworth has been tremendous. He's been really good. Uh, I mentioned this the other day, but through three WCC games, he's the leader in steals. He's number two in rebounding. This is the point guard, remember. He's number tied for number three in assists, a six per game. Uh, he's tied for seventh in blocks and fifth in field goal percentage. That's the point guard. If you can get good play out of Halford, decent play out of Carlino off the bench, you have maximized your your one and two position because you're playing Haas at the... You're playing two shooting guards, essentially. Haas, the three, or just two twos on the court. But then you get more out of that lineup. The The weird thing for me is BYU... So you look at BYU's peaks and valleys. The valleys, obviously, the losses at LMU and Pepperdine and Utah. But the peaks have been Stanford, Texas. Um, it, I would say even Oregon, even though BYU didn't win the game. They played really well. What did BYU do in those games, right? And you see very different games from BYU in all of those. So BYU has sort of an identity crisis still. San Diego, it looks like BYU figured something out, but it was one game. BYU needs to do that for a couple of weeks to establish and make it concrete of, this is who we are, and this is how we're going to do this the rest of the way. And then like you said, maybe BYU can go 13-2 and in the final 15 and finish number two, maybe number one if Gonzaga slips a bit. I don't see that happening. But then BYU goes into Vegas with a lot of confidence and in a position to where maybe they don't need to win that tournament. When there's less margin for error, sometimes team get that added mental edge that they need. There's, and, there's and a an, small margin with of error now. With an 0-2 start in West Coast Conference play, BYU now feels like we have to win every game. We just do. There's yeah. no room to slip up anymore. And so there's that kind of backed up into the corner we're going to go nuts mental advantage that you well, gain you, you, from that. You saw the anxiety Saturday yes, of, yes. wow, if we have to play well in this. You go 0-3, your chances of winning a conference title are done. It's, I think it, it wasn't, I mean, it, t- it took an effort, but it's not hard when you have a four-game losing streak to have a sense of urgency because it's there. You have to do it. So now the question is, Pepperdine and LMU, can you continue that? Can Halford played well? Can BYU still be good? Is Mika okay? I mean, there's still questions to be answered here. The one game against San Diego was impressive. It's San Diego. This, they're not St. They're not Mary's. They're not Gonzaga, right? But that was a good win. That was a good win. And here's the thing. We've been, we've been pounding hard strength to schedule RPI for BYU. That's going to go down. It's going to go way down for BYU. So BYU's got to win all the, win all the games uh, that they can and then be competitive against Gonzaga. They have Pepperdine tomorrow, and it'll be really interesting to see if they go with the same exact starting lineup against San Diego. I, I think that BYU... Why wouldn't they? Exactly. I think that Dave Rose will. But for a head coach, it's it's all about matchups. 
College basketball expert Blaine Fowler, BYU-TV analyst, joined us and talked about that very subject. As they do their scout of what do we do well against Loyola and Pepperdine, we may see the same thing, or they may go, oh, this doesn't work. they got a 6'5 guard. We need a bigger guy out there. We need Matt Carlino to start out there. So I think it's about matchups, but it gives them options now. Again, head coaches are always looking at matchups. Any coach, any sport, look at baseball. Managers looking at batting matchups. Is it a lefty or a righty pitcher? It's, that's how you determine a lineup. The same applies for basketball. How do they stack up against five players that I have right now? Well, what, how can we gain any sort of advantage? So I expect and anticipate to see the same starting lineup that BYU had against San Diego. One, because Pepperdine is a lot like San Diego in terms of height and San Diego has some bigs. Uh, Pepperdine only has one guy over 6'6 six, six in the starting lineup. Specifically talking about the guard line. Their yeah. guards are not big. 5'10", five, five, and then you have 6'5", six, 6'5", five, six, five, six, 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 So I don't think that Skylar Halford would not start. He just guards Jeremy Major. He guards exactly. the 5'10 guy. You exactly. just switch it. You put Collinsworth on a taller guard, you're good to go. So I, I, I expect the same starting five, but it will always be about matchups. It always is going to be that way. And why can't BYU initiate the matchup? Sometimes it's like, hey, what are they doing? We need to adjust. How about, how about they adjust to us? <laughs> how about we start who we want to start and we play the way we want to play and go from there? Initiate. Entering Revenge Week. Pepperdine and LMU, which I love. BYU lost to both of those teams early in conference play. They get them about a week later. It, it shapes up nicely for BYU at home. First tweet of the day coming in from at I do rock the Y. He says, let's go Cougars. Hashtag revenge weekend. Hashtag BYU hoops. So this is something that BYU fans are certainly talking about. They're not, they're not ignoring the fact that BYU lost to these teams. I, I anticipate good, loud, rowdy crowds in the Marriott Center. BYU fans are smart. They get it. That BYU needs, that the crowd needs to be behind BYU to have success. And these games became more urgent uh, and more meaningful because BYU lost those games. Every WCC game, you know, was meaningful. But trust me, when you lose the first two, every game's big now. You could feel it against San Diego. I watched it on TV, I wasn't there, but you could feel the difference in the meaning of the game. So much more intensity, the passion was there especially from West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Junior College All-American Skyler Halford going for 28 points. What do you expect from the guard from this point forward? That's our Twitter question, and that's where we're going now. You've got tweets. At Rudy Boy, as far as expectations for Skyler Halford go, consistency from the start at the three-point range and the ability to stop their scoring guard from getting in a groove. Uh, Johnny D would qualify as a scoring guard of San Diego, the second leading scorer in the West Coast Conference, entering the game with BYU, and Skyler Halford shut him down. Malcolm Brooks went six for nine from three. He's going to be the guard that BYU's got to defend well. I wonder if you go Kyle Collinsworth on Malcolm Brooks on uh, Thursday. Six threes. You got to defend that guy. At N8 Ricks, Halford will score less than 10 points in each of the next two games. Hashtag fluke. Okay, so we have some. He's, he's not going to score 28. He probably won't even score 20. But if he goes double figures, that's what you want. What are your expectations for Skylar Halford from this point forward? That is our social media brain buster. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation. More from the Cougars Pepperdine matchup. Plus, we're going to introduce you a new game. You don't want to miss it. It's good stuff. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation.
We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the BYU Cougars coming off a big win against San Diego. They're 9-7, and 1-2 and two in conference. They host the Pepperdine Waves tomorrow night. You can watch it live on BYU TV, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain with Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler on the call. I will be on the sidelines. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here in Studio 2 of BYU Broadcasting. You can follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. If you so choose, you can follow at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton. We'd love to have you. Jerem, remind the people how they can get involved with BYU Radio. Yeah, download the app. It's free in the iStore for iPad and iPhone. You can stream live shows, view upcoming programming as well. Download the BYU Radio iPhone and iPad app today. We welcome into BYU Sports Nation our first guest today. We're going all access with Pepperdine Basketball and their associate head coach, Mark Amaral. Mark, welcome to the show. And, you know, I want to say that I feel bad that you're flying into snow. I kind of do that, that it worked out that way. But you, then you, I think you live in Malibu. So uh, I guess we don't feel that bad. How are you feeling about the trip to yeah. Provo? You know, doing great. Although we're stuck in LAX right now due to weather. So uh, we like to say that the the road to construction, the road to success, is always under construction or weather. Whatever comes first. So, did you pack cold weather clothes? Do you even own cold weather clothes? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, you know, I told Ben on, uh, earlier on the phone. I, I, I've spent a little time up in that part of the country, so I know what to expect. But what's crazy is that, of course, we leave Provo and then head to uh, San Diego. So, uh, it's two pack two separate bags. Mark Amaral, the associate head coach of Pepperdine Basketball, joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, your team was picked to finish last in the West Coast Conference, and certainly it seems like this team has come out with a point to prove. Second in the conference at this point in the season, including a big win over BYU. Now you've got a little bit tougher part of your schedule coming up. What, what's been the difference for your team this year, having been picked to finish last in the WCC? You know, and honestly, rightfully so in terms of the rankings. Um, listen, we, we didn't have anything coming back. We had Stacey Davis, who, of course, a really good player, a newcomer of the year from last year. But we lost uh, Jordan Baker and Lauren, Lauren Jackson to graduation. And on paper, we had nobody coming back. Now, we knew, you know, with Brendan Lane sitting out and, and what he was capable of and, and some of the guys we had coming in that we had definitely upgraded our talent. But honestly, um, you know, we really didn't know until those guys started playing. But we felt like we'd be a little better than 10. You get a six-point win uh, eight days ago, eight or nine days ago, against BYU. Uh, how important was that win to get you started in conference play, and what does that mean for Thursday? Well, we have tremendous respect for BYU. I mean, listen, Coach Rose and, and their staff and the history of the school and what they've done. And uh, from the Mountain West, I was at Colorado State, so I remember them there. And um, but for our program, it was huge, you know, just in the short uh, time that they've been a member of the, of the league. We haven't had a chance to beat them. Um, we played really well uh, in, the, in at least the first half of previous games, but uh, could never get over the hump. And so it was, a great, it was a great win for our program and really helps kind of, uh, you know, validate to our guys what we're trying to do. You know, when you win a few games, um, you have a little bit more of a captive audience with your young guys. So it was a, it was a really important win in a lot of ways. 
Pepperdine Associate Head Coach Mark Amaral joining BYU Sports Nation. Coach, you talked about Stacey Davis, and he's a dynamic scorer. But then Malcolm Brooks goes six for nine from the three-point line against BYU. Was that a surprise, or is that something you've seen in practice and are like, okay, see, we know what we've got, and uh, now the conference should pay attention to guys like Malcolm? You know, Malcolm was a really uh, prolific scorer coming out of junior college. And, uh, in fact, the game, one of the games I saw him play at 36 and really shot it. And uh, just, you know, I wouldn't say this is a rule, but a lot of times, J.C. guys, it takes them about a semester to figure things out, honestly. And I think, you know, I think BYU's seeing that a little bit with Halford. You know, J.C. transferred and kind of his first semester out of the way and finals are over and he gets to relax. I think that's what's happened a little bit with Malcolm. So, really, we're not surprised. We need that fourth score, and um, I think he's starting to do that a little bit for us. Another guy who's impressed me, Coach, Brendan Lynn, you mentioned the UCLA transfer, sat out last year, threw four games in WCC play, leading the way, 17 points per game, eight rebounds per game. Is he what you hoped he would be? Well, most definitely. Uh, You know, he's been a phenomenal leader as much as anything. And um, he was eligible to play last year with the NCAA rule. He had graduated from UCLA in three years. But his master's program was a two-year program. And uh, we knew that this year's class would be better, you know, in terms of his uh, services for us. So we got to, you know, have him around all year last year. So that's why coming into this year, we – had a feeling what he could do, but, uh, you know, until he actually puts the uniform on and goes up against other people, you really never know. But we've, of course, been tremendously pleased by what, what he's done on the court, but his leadership has been huge as well. Pepperdine basketball were all access with the Waves and their associate head coach, Mark Amaral. Coach, 3-1 and one start to West Coast Conference play. Your first loss comes at San Francisco. And what I've noticed as BYU transitioned to the WCC is playing on the road in this conference is really difficult. And if, if BYU doesn't know that after their own two start at Loyola Marymount and at Pepperdine, then I don't know what will let them know that. But what is it about this conference and those road gyms that makes it so difficult to win away from home? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think guys take pride in, in their um... – you know, you're getting to sleep in your own bed and you shoot on your own courts and your own routine and some of those types of things. And, you know, I'd be honestly really interested to ask BYU some of those questions coming from and, and having experienced it myself. You know, you're not, you know, coming to Malibu, coming to Firestone Fieldhouse isn't like going to the pit. So, you know, there were some pretty, you know, uh, uh, intimidating facilities in the Mountain West as well. Um you know, versus the WCC. But, you know, I think there's some really good coaches in this league. I think the league is a really highly skilled league of players, and um, it's just it's tough to go on the road. And, uh, you know, I think the teams that are able to go on the road and sneak out a few wins here and there are you know, ones going to be on top of the conference. Associate head coach of the Pepperdine Waves, Coach uh, Mark Amaral joins BYU Sports Nation. BYU looked different against San Diego. Obviously, a four-game win streak will light a fire under some guys in BYU played much better. What kind of difference have you seen on film from BYU against San Diego? Well, you know, they, they, they really took the ball out of their inside players' hands. You know, they were doubling in the post and, and, and really protected the paint. Um, and like, you know, a typical BYU fashion, they really pushed the ball at you. I thought they got some transition baskets. And Halford, of course, has the big night in his start. And, you know, they just got flowing. And you, you've got to find a way to disrupt BYU's tempo somehow, whatever that might be within your team's philosophies, um, you just can't let them roll. And I think we saw that against San Diego, and it just snowballed, no pun intended, of course, but, uh, you know, on, on San Diego and just got out of hand really quick. 
Skyler Halford uh, starts for the first time, scores 28 points. How does that change things for you defensively? Well, it just puts another another shooter out there. I think you know one of the things that uh, that helped us honestly is uh, they struggled from the field in the game against us, not having Carlino play most of that second half, who's a real threat for them from the three point line. Um, you know, helped us and uh, and and still, you know, let's face it. I mean, we get the win; it was a great win. But BYU went one for eleven, I think one for eleven, one for twelve uh, from the three point line in that game. So. We know that, uh, one, we got to really defend not only Halford because we know he can do, but listen, Hawes and Collinsworth are really good players, uh, great complement around them, and we got to hit shots. we got to make shots to have a chance to win in Provo. Mark Amaral, the associate head coach of Pepperdine Basketball, joining BYU Sports Nation. And, Coach, I, I should tell you, one of my best friends is a former student body president from Pepperdine. His name is Greg Lee. And uh, one of my first corresponding remarks after that game was, was from him, naturally. It's, it, it seemed like that win over BYU really propelled Pepperdine and its goals of finishing in the top tier of the West Coast Conference. What did it do for the team from a confidence standpoint? Well, I think it just uh, it just did that. You know, one we get to play at home. Um, what's funny is it, it felt like a daggone road game. Uh, BYU traveled so well, <laughs> you know, that time of year. And um, but it was really good, you know, to see we we got out to a little bit of a lead. Uh, BYU in in typical fashion makes a, a great run, and our guys kind of bent, but they didn't break. Um, I think for a young team to learn to win games, um, you know, if you get a lead. And, uh, and we've done that a few different ways. At Irvine, we were down 10 at half against a UC Irvine team, a good team, and came back and won by eight. Um, so, you know, I think all these games are learning lessons. It just so happened to be, of course, that, uh, you know, it's against a top 50 program in, in BYU, and we were able to do it in front of our uh, home crowd as well. Coach, I've wondered this, uh, how much goes into this. The old adage is um... – you know, one game at a time. But if you take that approach, then for BYU, you would prep four days and then you would only prep one day for San Diego. How do you balance when you have to play two games in three days, especially when you're on the road? Well, you know, each one of us has a scout uh, that, you know, we're preparing for a team. And the kind of way we look at it is uh, when you become experts, you know, on that particular team. And, you know, quite frankly, in the game, um, you know, people run different, different plays and things to get to certain actions. But there's really not a lot of new things in the game. So we might generally talk about how we're going to play pick and roll or how we're going to handle traps in the post and things of that nature, where, quite frankly, both teams might be using them. Um, and when you have a short turnaround, you know, I, I really commend our guys a ton in the prep for BYU because, really, we had a one-day prep. And our guys really executed the game plan pretty well, and it helped that we made some shots. But um, – you just kind of uh, you, you manage your team and, and find the best way to, to balance those teams. Not one game is more important than the other. Um, you go on the road, you try to win them all. Hopefully, you get a split. But you got to just continue to try to get better and execute game plans. That's that's probably the biggest thing. Associate head coach of the Pepperdine basketball team, Mark Amaral, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Coach, I want to know what it's like to recruit players to Pepperdine. When you take them to Malibu and they look out at that campus and they, and they see the coast, how do they say no at any point? Well, you know, when Pamela Anderson picks them up at the airport, you know, that's <laughs> kind of really a good... <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's, uh, listen, it's a, it's a phenomenal place. And Pepperdine, you know, Malibu helps us get involved with a lot of kids. 
Uh, but in all seriousness, you know, these guys are making basketball decisions. And um, when they get on campus and, and, you know, the place is beautiful or the arena's huge or whatever it might be that a particular school is recruiting them, that, that, that those things that they have, they want to feel good about their basketball program. And that's kind of where we're trying to get. You know, we haven't been able to say that a lot about Pepperdine previous years, and we still have a lot of work to do. But, uh, yeah, Malibu definitely helps. There's no doubt about it. And uh, hopefully when they get here, they feel pretty comfortable with the basketball part as well. Well, we know you're stuck in LAX right now trying to get to uh, Salt Lake City. What's what's the word, by the way? Are you delayed? We're delayed. Yeah, we're delayed. Uh, there's all kinds of people. We're seeing we're seeing some really happy Florida State fans and some really sad Auburn fans <laughs> in our airport right now trying to get out of here. But, um, yeah, I think we're we're delayed just a little bit, but I think we'll get out of here pretty soon. Well, hopefully uh, you get out of there pretty soon, uh, get to Provo, and we look forward to tomorrow's matchup. We appreciate the time. Guys, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Coach, we'll talk to you later. Twitter expectations from Skyler Halford. He scored 28 points against San Diego, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. What do you expect from the Junior College All-American now at BYU from this point forward? Let's go back to Twitter. It's Twitter time. At Laser Sheep says, A focus on defensive abilities. Maybe some box-and-one defense with him, manning up the other team's best guy, Oh, and three-pointers. So Skylar Halford did enough against Johnny D for Laser Sheep to feel like he he's our lockdown defender. I don't know. I don't know. More uh, more time. Need more time. And then uh, teams won't box in one. If he goes off for twenty eight against Pepperdine, maybe there's a box in one. I love. On I lo- hey, look. I love Skylar. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great person, and he's a humble kid. He's easy to root for. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Tyler Haas that way. We'll see. We'll see what he does defensively. He looked good against Johnny D, no question. But is Johnny he, D six feet tall, by the way? Is he the lockdown defender that Jackson Emery was that BYU really needs at this point? I think Anson Winder right now for me is probably the best man-to-man defender on the team. Maybe Frank Bartley. I don't know. What do you think, Jerem? The fact that we don't know is troubling to me. There have been uh, 17 games played. Yeah, BYU doesn't have a Jackson Emery or Charles Abuel. But uh, they, they can develop that. And if the zone can be good, that's fine. But yeah, they played a lot of man against San Diego. It was better. So we saw progress for BYU on Saturday. Just spoke with the associate head coach of Pepperdine Basketball, Mark Amaral. Said some really good stuff. We'll revisit that after the break. Plus, we introduce a brand new segment that is hashtag awesome. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Beat to the Y to the U Radio with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You make me think of crisscross those two uh, twin kids jump, that would rap. Jump, yeah. Mac Daddy gonna make you jump, wiggity, jump, wiggity, wiggity, uh-huh, Beat uh-huh. to the Y to the U Sports Nation. <laughs> hey, if that's what it makes you think of, awesome. And then that made me think of TJ Fredette. Wrap it up. This life is amazing. I want you to wrap the next two lines that you're going to say, Jeremy. Heck no! Or don't. <laughs> Visit BYUradio.org for on-demand shows like BYU Sports Nation, live streams of BYU Radio programming, upcoming shows, and blogs. Head to BYUradio.org today. Resetting some of our top stories and headlines. We just talked with the associate head coach of Pepperdine Basketball, Mark Amaral. He is currently stuck at LAX. 
uh, with weather delays. They're headed to Provo out of Malibu. Talk about a culture shock right there for that team. And then they go to San Diego. Really interesting things that he said and just the confidence that that team built with the win over BYU. So the Waves at 3-1 and one in conference, picked to finish last, now come to Provo riding a wave, no pun intended, of confidence. I think you intended that. I did not intend that. Another headline, Eric Mika did not practice Monday or Tuesday. BYU hopes that he'll practice today in preparation for the game tomorrow. He injured his hip on Saturday against San Diego. Just heard from Taysom Hill, who welcomed us back to the show. The Cougars finished 38th in the re-rank by USA Today of all 125 Division I college football programs. Notable teams in the state, Utah State finished 37th, one spot ahead of BYU, and Utah at 75. Virginia, let's not talk about it. 106. Ah! Oh, gosh, this is so bad. We're going to introduce a new segment to you right now, and like I said, it is hashtag awesome. BYU Sports Nation says hashtag this. Yeah! We want you to offer up hashtags, and Jerem and I are going to offer ours up first. So number one, Jerem, hashtag this. Expectations for Skylar Halford Thursday versus Pepperdine. Hashtag buckets. I expect him to get double-digit points in his second game as a starter after 28 against San Diego. And for me, I say hashtag double figures. I agree with you, Jerem. I think Skylar Halford is riding. A, he, he's playing with so much confidence. He has every reason to keep shooting the ball. Skylar Halford will score in double figures. Hashtag number two. Hashtag this. Kyle Collinsworth's value to the BYU basketball team. Hashtag Big Russia creates big problems. Kyle Collinsworth is a matchup nightmare for teams on the West Coast Conference, which is why he's starting. Not only is he a good scorer, he's a great rebounder, he can pass the ball, and he can defend. He has great length. Kyle Collinsworth is essential to BYU finishing in the top two of the West Coast Conference. I think he will be the difference maker of why they do come back and finish in the top two. All right. Hashtag crazy versatile. He's a 6'6 point guard. He can guard the one through four. He can't shoot it particularly well, although he's shooting 48% from three right now. But his versatility is amazing, especially on the defensive end, where you can put Halford on the shortest guy if you want. Hashtag crazy versatile. Hashtag this, Jerem. Pepperdine and LMU again so soon. Hashtag bring it on. I'm fired up about these games because BYU losing those two games changed the season for BYU. Now the at-large window is smaller. BYU's got to make a really good run to have an at-large opportunity without winning the conference tournament. So hashtag bring it on. I say hashtag congratulations, LMU and Pepperdine, but hashtag now you're dead. BYU (laughs) wins both of these games by 20-plus. I'll leave it at that. Now you're dead. Hashtag this. Brandon Davies gets a guaranteed NBA contract. Hashtag money, 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 my money. (laughs) Brandon Davies scores 11 points last night for the 76ers, gets that guaranteed contract. Congratulations to a guy who really beat the odds. He's playing more minutes for his team than Jimmer Fredette is for the Sacramento Kings. Jimmer freaking Fredette. Never thought that would happen. Hashtag money. Hashtag dollar dollar bills, (laughs) y'all. Even if he's cut, he's still going to make half a million bucks this year. He's made something around $200,000 already. And the fact that he's played more than Jimmer, I did not see that coming. Like Luke Wilson, was it Luke Wilson, said on Anchorman, 
I did not see that coming! <laughs> As he got his arm chopped off. Yes. In the vicious Anchor street brawl. Was waiting for the hashtag Anchor Man. There you go. Reference. Hashtag this, Jerem. Men's volleyball at BYU starts the season 0-2 on the road. Hashtag what the beep. I did not see that coming. <laughs> BYU loses at Loyola and at Lewis. Both teams in the top 10, both talented out of the MIVA. That's one of the other conferences. I, did, I just didn't think that BYU would go and lose those. I knew they would be tough, and to me, that's as tough a road schedule as you can play to start the year. Loyola hosting the NCAA tournament this year. They went to the NCAA tournament last year, but hashtag what the beep. I did not, I did not think that BYU would go 0-2. Maybe a split, but 0-2. For me, hashtag Taylor Sander is ticked off. And BYU That's a good thing. will go on a mad run. We heard from Taylor earlier this week on BYU Sports Nation. He talked about the road trip, the things that they learned. They come home, they get Northridge on Friday. Jerem Jordan will be on the call live on BYU TV. Look, a ticked-off Taylor Sander is a great thing for BYU, and I think the Cougars at number 9, and they're never, they're never that low in the national rankings. They're th- out of the Volleyball Magazine top 10. I think that that is exactly what that team needed to light the fire underneath, BYU goes on a mad run. They will compete for an MPSF title again. Hashtag this. Bronson Kafusi will play football only. Hashtag, dang it! <laughs> but Gonzaga fans are saying, hashtag, oh, thank goodness. We hate Bronson Kafusi. They literally I, do. They I, I just wanted. Stand I him. wanted Bronson only for the Gonzaga game. Can we make? Is there? Can there be like an addendum to this agreement? Can there be just like an exception? No. Please, please. I, I just want him to play against Gonzaga. One game. One game against Gonzaga for Bronson Kafusi. It's not going to happen. Hashtag NFL prep. He wants to play in the league, and this is the best way. The other hashtag. Hashtag Kelly Olynyk. BYU's Bronson Kafusi hammers dudes from Washington. Keith Price in the bowl game should have been ejected for targeting helmet to helmet. Kelly Olenek last year in Provo. Bam! That was maybe the most exciting play of the year, and gosh dang it, it was dirty. Mark Few is breathing a sigh of hashtag relief. (laughs) Nice. Hashtag this, BYU football gets a number 25 ranking from USA Today in the early poll for next season. (laughs) That's not my hashtag, but that works. Hashtag early but awesome. Exciting to be mentioned. Hopefully BYU can garner actual ranking respect next year by beating UConn and then going in and winning at Texas. Hashtag you can thank Taysom for this. Taysom Hill leading a BYU squad into next season with a tough enough schedule to create a lot of national buzz. But it's easier than this year. So for me, it's hashtag thank Taysom for the top 25 ranking from USA Today next season. I mentioned UConn. The countdown continues. Countdown to Connecticut. 232. (laughs) 232 days. The Cougars and Huskies already preparing for the showdown in August in Connecticut. (laughs) And finally, hashtag this. It's Elvis Presley's birthday. What would you give him for his birthday today? (laughs) I don't know. The only thing I can think of right now after the Christmas season and with Elvis is, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. That's not bad. My hashtag, who cares? <laughs> I would give Elvis the 29 cent stamp that the United States go. Postal Office released Sa- 20 save, years ago. Save him some dough. Yeah, absolutely. He's got plenty We're of We're here for you, Elvis.
All hell. I can't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what are your expectations for Skylar Halford moving forward? We go back to Twitter for some quick responses. Tweet, tweet. At BYU GIF. Actually, this is a this is a hashtag response, <laughs> and I'm I'm just guessing this is about Kyle Collinsworth. He said hashtag It's the mullet. The mullet rebounds everything. So at, <laughs> at F Ruiz eight hundred one, who's been absent the last little while, we welcome him back. He said, "I personally feel Halford is a little underrated. Uh, he has consistently put up decent performances." Hashtag this. There you go. Skylar Halford underrated despite being named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. And it goes back to what we saw earlier. Who someone said, look, it was at N8 Ricks. Halford will score less than 10 points in each of the next two games. Hashtag fluke. I, I couldn't disagree more. I think Skylar Halford is a prominent part of this BYU team from this point forward. Because he's going to get enough Whether shot, he's going to start or not. He's going to get enough shots and he's a good shooter. He is the score. Really in- enjoyed that segment. Hashtag this will do it again. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around, plus today's Rise and Shout. And more of your hashtag tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Tyler Haas and the BYU Cougars. One day away from... A revenge match against the Pepperdine Waves. I'm fired up for that game, man. You can watch it live on BYU TV. Listen to it live on BYU Radio starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. We got you covered, people. Welcome back to the show. We call it BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You know what time it is, bro? 1051 Mountain. And that means it's time. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the association. Jimmer Fredette scored five points last night and handed out three assists in 11 minutes of play for the Kings as Sacramento beat Portland by four. And as we mentioned, Brandon Davies, career high 11 points, four boards in 24 minutes as the 76ers lost to the Cavs. Davies will also receive a guaranteed contract now through the rest of the season of about half a million bucks. I'm guessing Brandon's going to go buy something nice, like a watch. He's probably already got that. Uh, that's, that's true. Uh, quickly, I want to say Damian Lillard, Weber State guy, 26 points in a quarter, set a franchise record for Portland, and they still lost. Not enough. Crazy. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansa named the Melfar Rookie of the Year. Wait, what? Okay, here, here's the caveat. The Melfar Award is presented to the Detroit Lions' outstanding rookie performer. So he's the Rookie of the Year for the Detroit Lions, given in honor of the Lions' Mel Farr, who enjoyed one of the finest rookie campaigns in team history. Yesterday, former BYU defensive lineman Vic Soto tweeted he was signed by the New Orleans Saints for this week's divisional playoff game yeah. in Seattle against the Seahawks. Back in the game, I believe he's wearing number 56. And speaking of back, Austin Colley with the Patriots preparing for New England and Indianapolis, Austin's old team, this weekend as well. Lots to watch. Who gets today's Rise of Show? Um, Elvis Presley. It's his birthday. Go ahead. Go ahead and sing. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not doing it again. I just, it's Christmas season. I get a kick out of that song. It's just like, it's so Elvis. I'll have a blue. I, 
Okay, yeah. Happy birthday, Elvis. Also, I, I don't know. Let's give it. Let's give the rise and shout to somebody else. Someone that has direct BYU ties. Who deserves it? How about How about Ziggy? How about Ziggy all the, how about the, all the BYU guys in the NFL this week? And I guess there's a, two involved in the playoffs. Right? Vic playoffs Soto or whatever. And yes, Austin Culley. That's worthy of a rise and shout. What do you expect from Skylar Halford this point forward? That has been our Twitter topic, our social media brain buster, if you will. And this uh, coming from at FRuiz801, and we talked a little bit about this already. We're going to revisit this, and I'm going to ask you, Jerem. He says, I feel Halford is underrated. Is Skylar Halford underrated right now as the West Coast Conference Player of the Week? I'm taking that out of the equation. That's just an award for one spectacular game. So looking at the season, I don't think he's really rated very much. I think he needs to play a couple games in a bigger role to really see what he's got. This we know, though. He's got BYU Sports Nation karma, and he is a dang good shooter. You know who else has BYU Sports Nation karma? Taylor Sander. Taylor Sander has it. You know who else has it? Kim Beeston. Kim Women's basketball. Beeston. They've got a huge week. They play Gonzaga at, tomorrow at Gonzaga. Night. You can listen to that on BYU Radio. Great game lined up for the women. They're 13-2, and two, coming off a big win against St. Mary's. They're 3-1 and one in conference. And a win at Gonzaga would certainly propel them towards the conversation of being a championship winner in the West Coast Conference. We talked about the re-rank of all 125 teams in college football by the USA Today. I'm going to quickly go through in chronological order where BYU's Opponents finished. Virginia, 106. Texas, 35. Utah, 75. Middle Tennessee, 61. That's 14 spots out of Utah. (laughs) Utah State, 37. Georgia Tech, 56. Houston, 54. So around the same spot. Boise State, 45. Wisconsin, 21. Idaho State, not ranked. Uh, Notre Dame, 23. Nevada, 91. Washington, 24. So you had three in the top 25. So your last, the last team BYU played was the second highest ranked team in the final 125, correct? Third. Or third. Was Notre Dame 23? So three, well, look at it this way. Three of your final five were your toughest opponents. You lost all three. When, if, if you rank them by how they finished, which you could argue at the time versus how they finished, but a team is how they actually were on the season, right? So it was a, it was a tough backstretch of the season. We knew, we knew that would be the case. Uh, BYU was 6-2 and two going into November. And then uh, ends up 8-5. Really interesting BYU Sports Nation today talking about BYU's goals. Skylar Halford says, we still want to win the conference. We still feel like we can win the conference. What that will take is going to be a remarkable effort because they have two conference losses already. Gonzaga has not They're lost in the a hole a little game, bit. But they are playing with that added mental edge. And if BYU can do the improbable and finish their last 15 conference games with a record of 14-1, and one, how many games will Gonzaga lose in conference? That's think, a big question. I think Gonzaga's going to lose three games. Okay. They're not as good as they have been. Right, but they're still the best in they're the gonna WCC. Lose, they're going to lose three games. Who beats them? BYU beats them. St. Mary's. St. Mary's beats one, them. And, and then somebody they else. lose some other. Like it's, It just happens in college basketball. There's, there's always that weird game, even for the really good teams like Gonzaga. They're going to lose a random game like at Santa Clara on a buzzer beater or something. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Here's the thing with the WCC this year. I just don't see a clear-cut number two. I think that St. Mary's is in that position right now. Pepperdine's, Pepperdine's off to a good start, but I, I don't think they hold this. If they finish in the top four or five, that's a success for them. So BYU, they've got a shot at number two.
Thanks to our guests today, Associate Head Coach of the Pepperdine Waves, Mark Amaral, and everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Chaline, Production Assistants Alan Miller, Kyle Ireland, and Engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page, all the show links, and a lot of fun stuff there. Like and comment on that page all you like. You can listen to episodes of our show on demand at byuradio.org. For hashtag Jerem Jordan, I am hashtag Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.